you got your Bibles, um, we're going to go to, where am I going to go to? Uh, Luke, let's go to Luke, Luke chapter 9, verses, uh, verse 1. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. It says there, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. And then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke. Um, I spoke about kingdom authority, and uh, it was it was really an intro to it. And I want to continue in, in that vein a little bit this morning and build on uh, what I introed in that message a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, authority was this idea that that it's a, a delegated empowerment that's to operate in a in a designated area, jurisdiction, where someone and and we talked about this idea that. That Jesus, when he rose, or even before that, when he gave the great commission to the disciples, he said to them, I have been given, and this is in Matthew 28, um, verse 18, I have been given all authority, so therefore you go. Okay? So the idea that for us to be able to, and this is um, some of what uh, Lawrence was leading us in at the end of our, um, our worship this morning also was if we don't have the authority or the presence of the Holy Spirit with us, our ability to perform the, the mission and the ministry that God's got for us uh, is very limited if we can do it at all without the power of His presence. And this idea that, that, uh, that Jesus had authority and then He delegated that authority to us. And this is this, uh, he gave this illustration. This is the first time you see this sort of language in scripture where, where this idea that the authority of God is being passed on to human beings to outwork the extension of the kingdom. And so I wanted to uh, just, you know, one of the things I said in, in my intro thing was, was the kingdom authority operates in specific uh, zones or specific, specific spheres that God has given you to operate in. But it also has particular characteristics uh, that exemplify when kingdom authority is in play and, and things that you can look at and go, okay, is it doing this? If it's not doing this, then by whose authority is it coming from? Right? One of the measures of kingdom authority, I would say, out of this one, is that it will always extend the kingdom. Will it always extend the kingdom? So kingdom authority is not about building my kingdom or your kingdom or your, your world. It's about building God's world. It's about building His kingdom. It's about extending the kingdom. And the evidence of that, if, if you want to see what Jesus did when He gave them authority, He said, when you go to extend the kingdom, when you go to preach the kingdom, you will have to deliver people from demons and you will have to heal the sick. I'm giving you authority to do both those things. So for you and I, I will go as far as to say, if we want to see the kingdom and we want to have evidence of the kingdom, then we need to be involved in deliverance and in healing. If you want to know that, as I talked about last night, that my alignment with Christ, my relationship with Christ is, is good and, and intimate, then I will see an increase of demonstrations of kingdom power and authority in my life. Because that's a normal, from what I can read, that's a normal outflow 
of followers of Jesus. It's not something reserved to people with, quotes, special anointing or with titles. Oh, look, it's Pastor Lawrence. And we give them these titles, evangelist so-and-so or It's not related to that. Sometimes the title comes after the demonstrations. But for all of us, I see no exclusion in here. He said to his disciples, I give you all power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all sicknesses. That was something he gave to all of us, all believers. So when we are operating under kingdom authority, and in kingdom authority, with, this, with the authority that Jesus has delegated to us in our jurisdiction, we will see extending the kingdom. So the kinds of things that the testimonies this morning. See, I have no doubt that Miriam's testimony is about deliverance. Often when we talk about deliverance and casting out, you know, cast out demons, we, we picture often good good Pentecostals anyway, picture these these situations when someone comes so under the power of God they scream and they manifest and there's all sort of physical manifestations of it. I, I just want to say that is one one evidence of deliverance. But there are many other types of deliverance that don't involve any of that freaky stuff. Because we're in a spiritual battle and the enemy is trying to influence us all the time. And often he does that through our thoughts, through the things that we think about ourselves, through some of the experiences that we have, even some of the decisions we make. We expose ourselves to stuff and we become exposed to a battle and we actually need deliverance from that battle and that enemy in that moment. And sometimes it's as simple as standing and being able to sing a song and say, actually what's processing in my head is not the truth. And when you declare that, you begin to release kingdom authority to bring deliverance. Sometimes it takes time to do that. Not all of you are going to froth on the ground. Hallelujah. I've faced that a few times. It's not the nicest experience for the person experiencing it or the people who are ministering. But deliverance takes many forms because deliverance is about this idea that the demonic or the supernatural realm that is controlled outside, that's outside of the kingdom of God influences our lives. And if we break the influence, that is deliverance. You're being delivered from the influence, from the impact of the demonic realm. We need to see more of that. We are in the moment, we're in a moment in our world where we have an epidemic of depression, anxiety, and worry. All three of those things are demonic influences. Now, when I say that, it doesn't mean someone's possessed by a demon. 
Let's not go down that road. Please. If you're here today and you're struggling with depression, anxiety and worry, when I say you need deliverance, it's not that you're possessed by a demon. Don't. Please, don't. It's because something has been set up in the way that you are. Sometimes there's even physical things that are going on and and chemical imbalances in your actual body that you need deliverance from. Sometimes that involves actually putting your hand up and saying, I need some help. Okay? If you're struggling with that, it is not a condemnation what I'm talking about here. It's an invitation to say, I need some help, and Jesus, you're the one who can deliver me. Is that clear? And sometimes part of that deliverance involves going to a doctor. Because sometimes you actually need some medication because there's something chemically going on in your body that is positioning you to be way more susceptible to those patterns of thinking than you need to be. And we live in a society today where that stuff is available to us. Hallelujah. But for us to experience kingdom authority, we've got to see deliverance happening more. See, I don't believe that it is the destiny of Christians and followers of Jesus to continually battle with depression for the rest of their lives. I think and I believe that the kingdom, when it is being expressed in its fullness, delivers people from that condition, that effect. But it may take some time. The second thing I just want to to say about kingdom authority, I've got three points, so I'm on to my second one, so we're getting there. Mark chapter 9, verse uh, 33 to 35. Mark chapter 9, 33 to 35. And it says, this is a story about Jesus and his disciples again. And it says this, After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? Have you ever had this with your kids? So those of you who don't have kids. Um, or in a situation where you, you walk into an environment and all of a sudden it goes quiet? Has anyone ever experienced that? Like you walk into a room and the conversation just... I, I get the feeling it was a bit like this. Jesus was walking with his disciples. He could overhear some stuff. And then he goes, he, he, they get to this place and then he calls them out on it and everything goes... Whoop. Yeah, anyway... Um, What were you discussing out there on the road? But they didn't answer. In other words, they just went quiet. Because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. (laughs) So I just love, I love how scripture captures the humanity of people. Um, You know, I'm better than you. Nye, 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 I'm not. I'm better than you. Uh, Anyway, um, none of us do that ever. Uh, He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to them and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Philippians 2, uh, 7 and 8, which I've, I've referenced a lot this year already, says there, 
uh, talking about Jesus, that he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, being made in form, uh, a human form, he humbled himself by coming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. The second characteristic I want to talk about this morning, just highlight, is that kingdom authority always serves others before self. Doesn't mean it doesn't serve self. Just want to say that we are to look out, you know, if you read in in the first verses of Philippians 2, it talks about looking out for the interests of others as you look out for your own interests. So it's this idea of the two thing, two happening. Um, even in the great, great commandments, the second one of those is love, or the first one's love the Lord your God, and the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. But if, if someone's life overbalances towards self versus others, I would dare say that it's not fully kingdom authority that's operating. Because kingdom authority in its essence is emptying itself. There's a kenotic action to it. There's this idea that I'm here to serve others. And somehow, amazingly, in my ability to serve others, I'm also blessed. All right? Does that make sense? So it's really important that we remember that kingdom authority operating is never about building one's own kingdom and one's own benefit. It's always about creating spaces and environments that serve other people to experience the goodness of God, the kingdom of God, and all that he has for them. And in doing that, knowing that there's also a benefit that flows to me in that process. Does that make sense? One of the things that I, um, you know, we had had a great time with the youth on Tuesday night. They asked me a whole bunch of crazy questions. It was fun. I enjoyed myself. I'm not sure whether they did, but I definitely did. Um, but one of, the, one of the questions they didn't ask was, uh, which, which they had asked, but I didn't get a chance to answer, was, um, what's a cult? Oh, that's a good question, eh? What's a cult? My joking answer would be, um, no, I won't say that. Simple words for me. Anytime uh, control and manipulation is manifesting. Now I know as I, that's a pretty broad one, and and I knew as I was saying it, I, I said it to Philippa, and she goes, she says to me, so that means that some churches, and I would say, possibly. <laughs> Because I, I firmly believe that kingdom authority does not flow through control and manipulation. In fact, if you want me to be clear about this, control and manipulation comes from the kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of light. In fact, if you read in the Old Testament, it pretty clearly says that whenever control and manipulation happens, that is witchcraft. Which is why I say kingdom authority 
flows through service of others. And service is not control and it's not manipulation. One of the characteristics of God is He always sets us up to make a choice. He always gives us the room to make a choice at His own personal cost. And He doesn't put up a straw man choice. He makes it a real choice. You have real choices in this world. That's why if you look at Genesis 1, why there is in creation, and in Genesis 2, there are two trees in the garden. Was it not, not because God was mean, because, or he wanted to set them up to fail. He wanted to make sure that humanity had a real choice. And the whole story through the whole of the scriptures is God having to work through the fact that humans choose. But, you know, the thing, I I just, this is profound to me. He loves you and I so much that he's willing to go through the risk and the potential pain and heartache of you choosing the wrong thing. In the hope that you will choose the right thing and he'll get to experience a returned love. He loves you so much that He's willing to go through that for you. That that is astounding that we serve a God like that. He's so committed to you choosing to love Him that He puts His love out there with all of the risk of you deciding, maybe deciding to say no. that's, That's incredible to me. And yet that is how the kingdom of God operates. It's where authority isn't imposed on people. It's where it comes under to serve and lift people up. And people can choose to respond to that authority or not. I want to encourage you, if you're choosing to respond to any authority, choose to one that's coming under to serve and to grow and to, and to encourage you and to give you room to operate and to grow into all that God's got for you. Submit to that because that actually is beautiful and that results in kingdom extension and expansion. The last one uh, that I will put here is um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. And it says there, I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority. See, it's interesting, Paul, in this, um, in this passage, and you can, you can go back and read it. I'm not going to go into the context, but I just want to say, one of the things that Paul was criticized about was, he was, he was walking in a confidence of the authority and a knowledge of the authority that God had given him. But people were reacting to that. Which you do. Let's just say, Kiwi culture. When people are confident in the authority that, that God has given them and who God's created them to be, particularly leaders, we often react to that. 
made you good enough to do that? You're not any different to me. It's all this sort of stuff comes out. Let me, and Paul, Paul comments about this and he says, actually, my authority is not to tear you down, it's to build you up. And this sort of flows on from serving others, but I would, this is the other thing that I would say, my third point about kingdom authority, when it is manifest in the way that God wants, is it builds people up. It builds you up. It encourages you. It's not authority that squashes you or tears you down. It's authority that builds you up, that encourages you, that stirs something in you, that invites you into the more of God, that gives you an opportunity to experience what God could have. You know, the ability, as even as Tim stood up this morning and declared and released to us prophetic pictures, the idea that there might be a picture that God has for you of your future and your destiny that's bigger than one person can understand. And you can carry that and you can pick it up. You don't need someone else to come alongside and prophetically declare over you your destiny. You can see it for yourself because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And there's opportunities for you to grow into all that God's got for you in this place. You don't have to be limited because there's godly authority that's available to you and released to you because it builds you up. And so those three things to me, last time I talked about being under authority and the importance of that, that's awesome, absolutely. These three things, authority, kingdom authority, extends the kingdom with healing and deliverance. It serves others and it builds others up. I firmly believe that for us to fully experience the growing kingdom, in this place is we need to come to an understanding of authority and how we can function in it more, but also how we can submit and serve others through the authority that God's given us. And as we do that together, there'll be something, I I firmly believe there'll be something beautiful that happens in our church community and in the world that we serve and we work in. Because we'll see the kingdom extending. We'll see lives being touched. We'll see people being transformed and changed. Not because we're doing anything amazing, but because somehow we're creating an environment where the authority of the kingdom is pushing back darkness. In our lives, in the lives of those around us, and the community in which we live. That to me is an inspiring picture. Something I want to be part of. Let's pray. God, thank you for your uh, presence with us this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to each of us about, about our place in your kingdom. That God, each of us start on a level playing field where Jesus, you gave your life for all. And we're all righteous. We're all children of God. We're all given an inheritance of your kingdom to walk into and to experience and to know. God, may we be convinced again of that, that there's no limits for me in you. As long as I walk in Christ and continue to build my connection and my relationship with you, Holy Spirit, in me,
God, I can experience all that you have for me. So, Father, I release that again into the hearts of every person that's here this morning. God, that you would stir something afresh of understanding who we are, who we're created to be, what we're created to do. And, Lord, that we would understand authority, the authority that you've given us as followers of Jesus, as as your children, but also how that flows in the body of Christ so that we can see Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. God, there are so many areas where we haven't seen your kingdom come yet. But Lord, that's our desire. Use us to bring your kingdom. Use us to extend your kingdom in this place, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.